You're listening to the official Travel Through History podcast. We're the producers. I'm Joe. And I'm John. If you haven't heard our story yet, go back to the first episode. We kind of give you a little breakdown of how this all started. In the meantime, the voice of the show, Jillian, will take you to our next destination. Take it away, Jillian. Bonjour. It's a tale of two languages on today's episode of Travel Through History. We're headed to Canada's capital city, formerly known as Bytown. We're in beautiful Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. First, we're rolling down a river, the Rideau River, through the Rideau Canal. A system of locks built right in the heart of the city over 180 years ago. Today, it's a UNESCO World Heritage Site. From cold climate to cold wars, we'll hunker down and learn about Ottawa's Cold War past. Deep underground in a nuclear blast-proof structure known as the Diefenbunker. After that, we'll delve deeper into Canada's military past at the Canadian War Museum, a priceless collection of armaments from the country's past military entanglements. At the Canadian History Museum, we'll learn about what else? Canada, before there was even a Canada. And finally, no trip to Ottawa is complete without seeing the jewel of the capital. We'll gawk at one of the most beautiful buildings in North America, Canada's seat of power, Parliament Hill and its amazing library. So let's say hello to Bytown, aka Ottawa, Ontario, Canada, on this episode of Travel Through History. The French explorer Samuel de Champlain sails up the Ottawa River in 1610. He speaks of his peaceful encounters with the Algonquins, who had been trading along the river for centuries. The name Ottawa is derived from the Algonquin word Adaway, or to trade. Fast forward to a little more than a decade after the War of 1812, a secure route is needed to transfer materials without getting close to the New York state border. Colonel John Bai is commissioned with overseeing the work of the Rideau Canal System. The town is eventually named Bytown after him. The lumber industry is booming. However, Ottawa is one of the most violent, hard-scrabble towns in North America. It had a pub on every corner, a lot of workers, soldiers, etc. So it was, uh, it was rocking and rolling. It, uh, it was quite a vibrant but very raucous and violent town. I'm Robin Etherington, Executive Director of the Bytown Museum in Ottawa. In 1855, they changed the brand. They changed the name to Ottawa and they established the first police force and they started the application to become the capital of Canada. There's a lot of debate about why Queen Victoria chose Ottawa to be the capital. Some jeered that she threw a dart on the map, but much like how Washington, D.C. was a compromise between the North and South in the U.S., Ottawa borders English Ontario and French Quebec, the two most powerful Canadian provinces. I think a lot of people don't necessarily know that Ottawa is the capital of Canada. Hi, I'm Jantine Van Crechton, Director of Communications with Ottawa Tourism here in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. They might think that a larger city like Toronto or Montreal or Vancouver is the capital, but in fact it is Ottawa. We're the second largest city in the province of Ontario. We're centrally located. 
And again, because we're on the border between Ontario and Quebec, we speak both English and French, and we're a very multicultural city as well. Smack dab between Toronto to the west and Montreal to the east, it's part of a greater area known as the National Capital Region. The Rideau Canal, which runs right through the heart of downtown Ottawa, is one of the uh, uh, wonders of the world, in my opinion. It's uh, been recognized by uh, UNESCO, among other sites. In the winter, you can skate down it. I think skating on the Rideau Canal Skateway is a bucket list item. It stretches 4.8 miles through downtown Ottawa, so you're not skating in circles going nowhere, you're skating to a destination. We have people who skate to work with their briefcases, kids who skate to school with their backpacks. Did you hear that? These people skate to work. How Canadian is that? Oh, and did I mention they eat beaver tails? What? A beaver tail is a fried piece of pastry, um, similar to like a funnel cake or something like that, but it is made in the shape of a beaver tail. So we as Canadians often like to tell people that we eat beaver tails and then we let them assume that it's actually the tail of a beaver. Favorite flavor of beaver tail, that is tough, but I'm a classic guy. I like the old original. Just, just the straight up uh, cinnamon, sugar, and beaver tail, it's delicious. Lemon and sugar, because uh, a little bit sweet, a little bit sour, but I think together the whole package works. Ottawa's culinary scene has come a long way in the last few years. We're the North American headquarters of the Cordon Bleu, the famous French cooking school, but we've got a great farm-to-table cuisine happening here as well. We've got over 1,100 farms within the city limits of Ottawa itself. So it's safe to say that despite losing the name of the city, Colonel John By would be pretty happy with how Ottawa turned out. So we are the nation's capital, and as such, I guess we have a story to tell about all of Canada. We're becoming very much a world city uh, and a real pastiche of different cultures from around the world. I have lived in Ottawa for nearly 20 years now, and I think it is one of the most uh, livable, walkable, and beautiful cities in the country, easily comparable to the best cities of the world. You can't truly understand Ottawa without learning about its famous lock system along the Rideau Canal, originally built for a military purpose to thwart a second potential American invasion after the War of 1812. Today, the vein through the heart of downtown is a pleasure boater's dream. Hi there, this is Liam Giffen, Lockmaster on the Rideau Canal here in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. We're at Ottawa Locks, which is one of the main stations here on the Rideau Canal. Uh, we have a flight of eight locks. This is the first site that a visitor to the Rideau Canal would experience coming off the Ottawa River. This particular lock station allows boat navigation to come from the level of the Ottawa River and lift up 80 feet to get to Dow's Lake and to be able to move on to the rest of the Rideau Canal and head south to Kingston. It's a mini Panama Canal, if you will. A lock is a device for raising and lowering boats between stretches of water of different levels on a river. If you choose to cruise or kayak down the Rideau Canal, give yourself plenty of time. A typical transition going up the canal here would take about an hour and a half to two hours for a boat to come from the Ottawa River and up on the Dow's Lake stretch. A UNESCO World Heritage Site, the Rideau Canal locks are operated today just as they were by Colonel By 200 years ago. It makes your day a little more sweaty, but I think what we get as a result is a, a real direct connection with the way people operated this canal in the past. It's a tradition we've carried on for 200 years. The canal serves the same purpose today as it once did, although no one's worried about an American invasion anymore. 
Originally, this had a military and a commercial purpose, but these days, uh, the Rideau Canal has become a, a center for the recreational lives of people in this part of Ontario, and primarily people in Ottawa. Ottawans come out in droves during Ottawa's many summer festivals, but it's the winter that has the most spectacular festival of all. During Winterlude, uh, the Rideau Canal is completely frozen over between the top of the locks here at Ottawa, right out to Hartwell's Lock Station in Dowse Lake. That's 4.8 miles of continuous skateway and it's the world's largest skating rink. The beauty and heritage of the Rideau Canal make it a must-see on your Ottawa trip. Coming up next, we head underground to one of the most unique historical attractions you'll ever find. Hey everybody, it's Joe and John, the producers of Travel Through History here. One thing I wanted to mention to you guys was the only way that we're able to even make programming like this is through a charity. And our charity is called the Watch and Learn Foundation, and you can visit it by going to watchandlearn.org. What Joe really means is that we have no idea how to sell the show. And although we've tried in the last four years, it, we haven't been successful at it. We can shoot, write, produce, edit. What else do we do? Pretty much everything. Pretty much everything. Everything that but we can't sell. Yeah. Yep, so if, you, if you're actually somebody listening that can help us sell the show, please call us, send us an email, anything, because we really want to keep doing more of these, and we actually like to pay our bills. But in the meantime, you can go to watchandlearn.org and make a donation. That's right. That's www.watchandlearn.org, and donate and keep shows like Travel Through History and other educational shows on the air. On the outskirts of Ottawa, around a small community in Ontario known as Carp, lies hidden underground one of the most interesting war museums you'll ever find. CFS Carp, affectionately known as the Diefenbunker, is a testament to Ottawa's place in Cold War history. Hi, my name is Heather Montgomery and I'm the Education and Volunteer Manager at the Diefenbunker, Canada's Cold War Museum. We're at the Diefenbunker. Right now we're about 20 feet underground. The Diefenbunker is a four-story underground nuclear bunker. The Diefenbunker is a bunker, of course, which means there's not much topside. The Diefenbunker from outside doesn't look like much because it is actually four stories underground. It goes up to 75 feet underground. So when you pull up to the Diefenbunker, you see this small hill and this small little hut outside called the Butler Hut. You see the guardhouse outside too, but other than that, you think that there's supposed to be this giant museum here, but it's actually hidden underground. It was built during the Cold War to protect government and military officials in the case of a nuclear attack. The Diefenbunker would assure Canada could still operate. It has five foot thick concrete walls on every side. It's also lined with pea gravel, about a centimeter on either side. So in the event of an earthquake nearby, it will actually shift back and forth in the soil to protect itself from that shock wave. The bunker is capable of holding 535 people, including the Prime Minister and Cabinet, for 30 days. When you first enter the Diefenbunker, you will go immediately about 20 feet underground in the blast tunnel. So it's actually built into the side of a hill, a man-made hill. And then you'll immediately walk down this blast tunnel and then inside into our blast doors to see the rest of the museum. The bunker can withstand a five megaton blast from over a mile away. That's 300 times the size of the little boy nuke dropped on Hiroshima. The Diefenbunker got its name from a derivative of Prime Minister John Diefenbaker's name. The opposition party and Canadian press 
lampooned his decision to build these bunkers and coined the term Diefenbunker. One of the coolest things to see is the gold vault. And the Bank of Canada vault is meant to house our country's gold in the event of a nuclear attack. We had enough gold that it would have taken about three weeks to get the gold here by train from downtown Ottawa. But that was their plan in the event of rising tensions during the Cold War. The Cold War, 1946 to 1991, was a period of tension between the Soviet Union and the U.S. and its allies, including Canada. Some Ottawans feel the Cold War began and ended in Ottawa. In 1945, Soviet cipher clerk Igor Guzenko defects and delivers 109 top-secret documents to Ottawa officials, proving that the Russians were spying on North America. He appears in public on television wearing a white hood. That is really one of the first instances of Cold War espionage that we have on record. And then in 1990, we like to believe that the Cold War ended here in Ottawa with the Open Skies Conference, which saw the Warsaw Pact countries and the NATO countries meet for one of the first times to talk about the reunification of Germany. So keep calm and Diefenbunk on, as they say, and definitely check it out while you're in Ottawa. The Diefenbunker is really one of the most unique places that you'll ever visit. It's not often you get to see a nuclear bunker firsthand. It's not often that you get to get lost in a nuclear bunker, which we will let you do. Now we go from one bunker to another. The Canadian War Museum continues our look at Canada's military history and really nails it on presentation. Hello, my name is Andrew Birch and I'm the Director of Research here at the Canadian War Museum in Ottawa. We're standing in Le Breton Gallery. It is a collection of uh, a variety of fighting vehicles and equipment, uh, as well as support equipment used by the Canadian military, its allies and its enemies from about uh, 1600 or 1700, uh, right up to the present day. The collection at the museum is extensive and hands-on. It includes major permanent exhibitions on wars that have been fought on Canadian soil, the total wars of the 20th century, and peace support operations abroad. We have an interceptor aircraft used during the Cold War, and we have a wide array of uh, tanks, uh, American models, German models, Russian models, and Canadian manufactured models. So it's a wide array of material, but we use this material, display this material, to really highlight what Canadians have used or faced in times of conflict. The exterior of the building is quite impressive. It's built like a bunker. The architecture is quite striking and unmistakable, almost like a shard of shrapnel lodged in the earth. Uh, it's built on the principle of regeneration. Over time, the scars fade from warfare. It rises to a point with a outside, and it really uh, hones the point that as you get closer to the present, uh, the effects of warfare are much more sharper and personally felt. You might not think of Canada as a warring nation. Quite the contrary, actually, but Canada has been fighting along with its North American and European allies for decades. One particular note is their role in the D-Day invasion. The landing at Normandy on 6 June 1944, uh, there were five beaches. The two American beaches, Omaha and Utah, which we know, of course, very toughly contested, and in the British sector, there was gold and sword, but in between gold and sword was a Canadian beach, Juneau. At Juneau, 14,000 Canadian troops from the 3rd Infantry Division landed. After facing heavy casualties in the first minutes of the invasion, the Canadians at Juneau successfully took a German airfield and rail line, and by nightfall had pushed further inland than any other D-Day landing force. Among the thousands of artifacts you'll find in the museum, one sticks out as particularly notorious. In our second World War gallery is a armored Mercedes-Benz limousine used by Adolf Hitler. It is a testament to the power of propaganda 
that was used to rally at Nazi rallies, and it has uh, borne the marks and scars of war itself. So it is a very powerful and uh, uh, disturbing artifact linked to, uh, obviously, a very troubled time in uh, world history. There may be 13,000 artifacts at the museum, but the Memorial Hall contains just a single one. The headstone of an unknown soldier from the First World War, which is illuminated by the sun each Remembrance Day, November 11th at 11 a.m. 11, 11, 11. More TTH Ottawa, Ontario, Canada, after the break. Hey, it's John and Joe, the producers of Travel Through History. The only way we can affordably produce these shows is with an invitation from our tourism board partners. They help show us around and get us where we need to be to tell the story. Ottawa is one of the best cities in Canada, in my opinion. It's often overlooked because there's so many great destinations in Canada, but I would definitely suggest visiting Ottawa. The uh, museums are top-notch. Uh, Parliament Hill is amazing. It's just a really great great city and I think you'll enjoy it. If you're going to plan a trip there, why don't you visit their website which is www.ottawatourism.ca. Visit their site to learn more about the city's attractions and start planning a trip. Back to the show. And now for the piece de resistance, Ottawa's creme de la creme. You know, the good stuff. If you're in Ottawa or have been there, then you've already taken a picture of it. We're talking about the very picturesque Parliament Hill, the seat of Canadian politics and power. But if you can believe it, its most spectacular beauty is on the inside. Hi, I'm Grantley Franklin. I am one of the interpretation officers here at the Parliament of Canada in Ottawa. We're standing here in the Library of Parliament. This is the legislative library for the Parliament of Canada. It's a place where parliamentarians are able to come get resources, um, get information about Parliament, to do research and things of that nature. Visitors love to photograph the library as seen on their $10 bill, complete with its statue of Queen Victoria in the center, commemorating her decision to choose Ottawa as the capital. What you see here in the library is kind of what the original center block would have looked like inside. The library here was built between 1860 and 1876, so it's a little bit different than the rest of the building which succumbed to a massive fire on uh, February 3rd, 1916 and then was rebuilt. The library is the only remaining portion of Parliament that didn't burn down in 1916. Due to the quick thinking of a library employee by the name of Michael McCormick, he was able to kind of alert some of the people that were here in the building that there was a fire in here, ask them to vacate with the help of constables and other personnel. Um, Ordering the large iron doors at the entrance to the library shut was instrumental in protecting it. It helped keep the flames out, and as a result, the library is saved. If you get a chance, you should definitely head up the Peace Tower in the center block. You may have seen it on their $20 bill. They're quite proud of these buildings. The Peace Tower is an interesting feature of the building as well. It's Canada's largest monument to peace, and was built in part to commemorate the sacrifices of Canadians during the First World War. So it's a really important thing to have here. It should also be mentioned that visitors are able to come in and, and go up to the observation deck of the Peace Tower. So you can go up 60 meters and see the entire city of Ottawa in a panoramic view. It's really something to see, uh, especially in the summertime. Also in the winter, if you get there early, you kind of get a view of Ottawa before everything has kind of gotten going. It's a, it's a really nice thing to see as well. A lot of the attention at Parliament is focused on the legislative chambers, the Senate and House of Commons. But check out the artwork in the foyer as well. You may see some familiar faces. Both of those chambers have beautiful entranceways that are referred to as the foyers of the Senate or of the House of Commons. Um, they feature incredibly ornate artwork, things that speak to the history of Canada, things that speak to the evolution of Canada over the years. 
Aside from that, there are places that have yet to be carved, yet to be touched artistically as well. Future generations of Canadians will be able to carve how they view Canada into the stone there as well, which is a, a neat thing. Parliament's architectural style is known as Neo-Gothic. It's characterized by pointed arches and a soaring verticality that leads your eyes up. It also gives us a, a sense of grandeur as well. So you see a lot of those features in the Hall of Honor, for example. You also kind of see them here in the library as well, especially with the ribbing that you'll see on the, on the ceiling there, on the domed roof. Whether you're a Canadian citizen or not, taking a tour of Parliament Hill's grounds is a great way to spend an afternoon in Ottawa. I wouldn't say that you could come to Ottawa and not visit Parliament. I, I think that you'd be missing out. A quick water taxi ride takes us to our final stop on our Ottawa tour. We are standing in the Canadian Museum of History and we are in Gatineau, Quebec, right across the Ottawa River from Ottawa, Ontario. Hi, my name is Dean Oliver. I'm the Director of Research at the Canadian Museum of History here in Gatineau, Quebec. Grand Hall houses the stories of the First Peoples of Canada's West Coast, mainly the British Columbia coast, and the totem poles or crest poles that you see behind me are real poles from those peoples donated to the museum in the, the course of its history. The totem poles date from the 19th century and represent different First Nations peoples. Each tells the story about the families, the lineages, the experience of the communities that created them. And the erection of a totem pole is a major event in a, in a local community, reflecting both the uh, historical or chronological experience of people on the land in a particular era and a particular place but also quite deeply and personally, their own lives, experiences, and hopes and dreams. The totems aren't the only things to see at the museum. You can spend an entire day learning about 20,000 years of human settlement in Canada. Be sure to check it out while you're here. More TTH Ottawa, Ontario, Canada, after the break. Hey everybody, it's Joe and John, the producers of Travel Through History here. And one thing I wanted to mention to you guys was the only way that we're able to even make programming like this is through a charity. And our charity is called the Watch and Learn Foundation, and you can visit it by going to watchandlearn.org. What Joe really means is that we have no idea how to sell the show. And although we've tried in the last four years, it, we haven't been successful at it. We can shoot, write, produce, edit. What else do we do? Pretty much everything. Pretty much everything. Everything that... But we can't sell. Yeah. Yep, so if, you, if you're actually somebody listening that can help us sell the show, please call us, send us an email, anything, because we really want to keep doing more of these, and we actually like to pay our bills. But in the meantime, you can go to watchandlearn.org and make a donation. That's right. That's www.watchandlearn.org, and donate and keep shows like Travel Through History and other educational shows on the air. On today's show, we found a gem amongst gems as far as Canadian cities go. We trolled along the Rideau River through the Rideau Canal locks to discover what makes Ottawa, well, Ottawa. We went deep both literally and figuratively into its Cold War past at the Diefenbunker and Canadian War Museum. We learned about its native peoples and customs at the Canadian History Museum. And we head up the hill to gawk at the splendor that is Canada's Parliament Buildings and Peace Tower. So whether you want to delve into Canadian history or just have a beaver tail and some poutine, Canada wants to welcome you to its little city on a hill, Ottawa, Ontario. See you next week on Voyage à travers l'histoire, aka Travel Through History. Thanks for listening to Travel Through History. Don't forget to visit the website to learn more about the places we visited and some quick history. That's www.travelthroughhistory.tv.